Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Jacqueline Newman, who is the managing partner of Berkman, Botcher, Newman, and Shine. Jacqueline, how are you doing this morning? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm very excited to chat with you. I think you have a lot of insights that our guests could really benefit from. Tell us about your role at uh, Berkman, Botcher, Newman, and Shine. Sure. So I'm the managing partner. Um, I have been with the firm for over 20 years, and it's actually the only firm I've ever worked at. So I've kind of moved my way up. But uh, yeah, I manage, we have an office in Westchester, which we manage. I have a Jersey, a council person, and then uh, we're talking about expanding, but we'll talk about that a little more later. I look forward to that. For people that aren't familiar, uh, what is your role as managing partner? So, I mean, basically I kind of manage everything. <laughs> I'm CEO, <laughs> CFO, uh, Rainmaker, uh, billable workhorse, a little bit of everything. But really, you know, basically, I mean, I'm the one who's kind of actually handling all the finances. I'm also making all the, you know, managerial decisions and I do the hiring. Unfortunately, sometimes I do the firing and, you know, it's really everything it goes to running a firm. So ultimately, it sounds like the buck stops with you. Uh, And there's a lot of people that, you know, might not enjoy that responsibility. But based on our conversation earlier, you really thrive on this. So what do you really enjoy about wearing all of those hats as managing partner? Yeah, no, I do. I absolutely love it. So uh, our firm is a matrimonial law firm. So we do exclusively matrimonial law. And, you know, I kind of joke often that, you know, I can only divorce so many people. (laughs) So the idea that ultimately I'm in a situation now where I get to do business, you know, I really can now consider myself, I used to be a matrimonial law that dabbled, you know, matrimonial law attorney that dabbled in business. And now I actually think I'm much more so a business person that kind of almost dabbles in matrimonial law. I spend probably more than 50% of my time at this point running the firm. Um, and I do. I absolutely, absolutely love it. I think it's fun and it's interesting and there's always a new challenge. And I love the idea of being creative in business. And this gives me that opportunity. What do you love about you know running your firm and focusing on the business aspects of running your firm versus uh, practicing law? So, you know, they're very different, but on some level, they're the same. So we deal with, you know, the high net worth. So we do divorces. Most of my um, clients are business owners. And so it really, I think the fact that I'm running my firm, I have such a better insight. I think it actually makes me a better lawyer to many of my clients that are business owners. Um, And I think what I learned from my clients actually also helps me run my business. And we're always, you know, I'm doing a lot of, you know, I do a lot of managing partner meetings. So I meet people that, you know, are all over the place. I had one this morning and we were talking all about comp and what, you know, how succession planning and stuff. And I, I just love this stuff. I'm a big, I'm a big supporter of anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur. I could talk business all day long. <laughs> love to hear that. That's great. And how did you get started in learning about the business of law? Well, you know, it really kind of happened organically. So I had, um, you know, my partners, well, actually one is now since um, retired, but I had two older partners and one of them was my law school professor. And I went up to him at the end of class and asked if they were hiring and they were, and that's how this all started. And so what ended up happening was that, you know, I was originally an associate and actually I started as an intern and then I was an associate. And as I became more engrossed in the business and then became a partner and then became an equity partner, then a name partner. And as I moved up, you know, I was very interested in the business aspect of things. 
my partners were less interested in it. You know, they kind of were very much into the practice of law and, you know, they would pay the bills, but, you know, they just weren't paying attention to the things that I became very interested in it. And eventually the way I became managing partner is I actually walked into their office one day and I said, I think I should be managing partner. And they said, okay. <laughs> and that was the big, you know, that was the big thing there. Um, and so, yeah. And since then, and now I've taken that role and, you know, in the time we started with just the three of us and now we are 17 attorneys. So we have been consistently growing. We are going to continue to grow. And I've really taken from, in my opinion, like the managing partner part to such a degree you know, now this is there, there is a business here now that before was really just lawyers that were kind of playing business. But I don't know if you experience like lawyers as a whole, I feel like are generally pretty bad business people. And so when you find someone who enjoys it, and really gets into it, I feel like people, they like that. <laughs> well, lawyers work really hard at practicing law. And that's what they're trained to do is to practice law. And it's a full time job more than a full time job to become a better attorney as well as take care of your clients. And there isn't always the time to learn about business. And so you've done that. And I'd, I'd love to get your take on this because um, I ask this to clients and, and, and other folks all the time. Which do you think is more challenging? Is it learning to become a really good matrimonial attorney or learning to become a really good business owner? It really depends on the day. <laughs> I think that you know there, there are challenges to both. You know, being a matrimonial attorney, you know, you you adopt your client situations. And so it's, you know, it's very hard. And I think of each of my cases as almost like a TV show. There's a whole cast of characters and everyone has their own story. And so you're balancing a lot of different things. Um, and you know, and I and I do enjoy that and I enjoy helping people, and that feels really good to me. And and I find, you know, a lot of the issues that come up with my clients, whether it be via their businesses, their families, are just interesting people issues. So I enjoy that. And then when you're looking at being a managing partner of a business, you have all of your clients. I mean, I'm sorry, all of your staff who I can kind of consider like my family. And so you have all the issues that go on that and a lot of dynamics. And, you know, for me, culture is incredibly important. I mean, I pour so much time into the culture at my firm, which has obviously been a little challenge in the COVID times, but we're, we're doing pretty well. Um, and so, you know, when you ask about challenges, I mean, when things are not going well in any way, I probably take it a little harder. Um, from my business perspective, because these are my people and this is my family and I want to make sure everything's going well, as opposed to with clients, you know, that's their family and I'm trying to help them, but I didn't help create that environment. So I probably take, I think it's harder on some level running the firm from that perspective, because I probably take it a little more personally. That's a really interesting insight. I tend to look at things in terms of, uh, you know, the, the educational components necessary. And for me, being someone who's a business person, uh, looking at the practice of law, I am just mystified and in total admiration of everything you all do. And a law firm from a, from like a business model perspective is super simple. So I love bringing uh, uh, all the aspects of culture that you're bringing into this, managing your team and taking care of you know your work family because they're the people at the end of the day are the firm. The firm does not exist without them. And so you're balancing a lot of hats. You've got business development. Uh, running the firm, and you're taking care of clients. You mentioned you're preparing for trial. How and you have a family, so how do you balance all of these things together? So I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm a big multitasker. I always joke that if you're only doing two things at once, you're wasting time. So I think it's just a lot about time management. Um, you know, I also happen to be really good at working late at night. Like you know, my associates, they know they're going to get work from me up to one o'clock in the morning. Those are usually you know, I take the hours from pretty much like. I would say like nine o'clock to one is the time that I focus really on so much of the law during the day. I would say it's a lot more of, you know, the networking, it's a lot more of dealing with client calls. Um, 
you know, but I do most of, as I said, the business stuff and the real like editing agreements and researching and all of that sort of stuff. I do that really late at night. So I definitely get the most out of all of my hours. And I think that helps. And you clearly enjoy it. There's people that would be just, you know, that don't want to have that lifestyle, but I can tell you light up when you talk about it. So you have a real passion for what you do. Do you ever see yourself shedding some of those responsibilities over time? So, you know, it's interesting. You said I had a managing partner meeting this morning, a women's managing partner meeting, no less. And um, they were talking to me a lot about that <laughs> this morning and saying that they think it's an important thing. And I am making efforts with it. We've established in my office what I consider an executive committee um, of a few of my partners. And we have executive committee meetings. And I'm really making a point of trying to engross everyone into that to help with the decisions. We also have formed a ton of committees. Every time someone mentions something, I said, that sounds like a committee. And so <laughs> um, we have like probably like 12 or 13 committees in the office right now. And I'm really trying to kind of push a lot of the responsibility. I'm a little controlling, so it's kind of challenging. And then I do see this, you know, I have two children, but I see this firm as my third baby. So it's, it's a little hard, but I'm making big efforts because I do think you get to a certain point where it's important for them to grow, but it's also, I think, important for me to kind of step back on some things. And what are some of the differences you've seen in the culture of the firm and amongst your team now that you're forming these committees and people are getting more engaged in the decision making? I actually think it's helping a lot. Um, you know, originally it really was kind of, I was making a lot of these decisions. I also have a partner who's a little younger than my, another equity partner who has been like my sidekick. I mean, he's amazing. And so I talked to him a lot about a lot of these things and He's learning the business more so. I mean, he sits in on a lot of my calls and, and he's definitely interested. And I love that because when you feel like someone's interested, it makes you excited. So, you know, he's been really helpful with me on that and taking some of the burden. And I feel like I can complain to him because he gets it. Like, right. you know, he sees it on all levels. So, you know, it's not it's not falling on deaf ears, you know, whether he can help or not. And sometimes he's like, look, it is what it is. And, and he's right. <laughs> it is what it is. You just <laughs> have to deal with it. But I do feel like, and especially in the COVID world and, and what we've been doing a lot with the culture and, and these committees and things, I do think it's helping. I think that it's keeping people engaged. I think that, you know, they've got more skin in the game when they their voices are heard. I mean, I'm very into the idea that we all make decisions together as a firm. I mean, I think we have a very rare culture in that in that sense. I mean, only recently in March was the first time I ever lost an associate to another law, matrimonial law firm. Before that, I've never lost anyone to a matrimonial law firm in 20 years. I have people that have started with me and that have been with me for 10 years plus, um, wow. we get a lot of, yeah, it's really a very, very special group of people that I work with. And I feel so fortunate. It, so I have to ask, since you opened the door, um, how would you describe this special culture that you built? I mean, you know, I use the word special. I mean, they are my family. I mean, one of the things about this COVID situation, we haven't been in the office since March. We're in the middle of midtown Manhattan. So my office emptied in March and we haven't been back since and I miss everyone so much. I mean, we do, you know, we do a lot of meetings. We do at least once a week, we do these Zoom meetings. We actually have a full firm happy hour this afternoon. Oh, um, yeah, we do a lot of that to try to keep everybody as connected as possible and just physically seeing each other. Um, but it's hard. I mean, it's, it's a very hard thing to kind of keep the culture alive. But I think we're doing as best as we can. And people seem happy. And, and we talk a lot. There's a lot of communication in my office. And everybody knows, you know, my door is open. And they know they can reach me up to at least one in the morning. So that helps too. Well, thank you for sharing that. For me, what really comes out there, you mentioned this now a couple of times, is you really think of the people in your firm as your family. Uh, I don't hear that a lot. And so I'm not surprised that if you really take that perspective in your firm, which you clearly have, that that drives a lot of loyalty and a lot of engagement. It's not no. something I hear very often. Shifting gears and moving to the business development side of things, you have done so many things 
with regards to business development. I'm really excited to chat for a few minutes with you about that. You've just written a book, The New Rules of Divorce, 12 Secrets to Protecting Your Wealth, Health, and Happiness. Tell us about that. So that was a passion project, to say the least. It got published by Simon & Schuster. Uh, came out not this past January, the January before, so almost a year ago, right before COVID, no less. Um, and yeah, no, I was, I was very excited about the project. It was a really interesting experience to write a book, um, you know, and to go through the publishing process. But it's, it's helped a lot, I think. It's helped in business development, but more so even to the point that, you know, I say this a lot, when, you know, now, now people come to me all the time and think that like, you know, how do I write a book as if I become this expert, which I'm <laughs> obviously not, but uh, I did go through the process. And I say the funny thing about writing a book is that people assume that if you write a book, you're smart. Like, and I, I always joke about the fact that I could have written, you know, Mickey divorces Minnie 8 million times in the same book and people would still think you're smart. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, people, and you know, that was an interesting aspect of it. I mean, I do happen to think that, you know, I obviously think the book is really good and I think it's really helpful to people. Um, but it has helped with business development to that point that people will say, oh, you're an author. And obviously it's a book that, you know, a lot of people, I've had clients that have absolutely bought it and come into me and say, you know, I bought it because I read your book and I've come to see you because of that. And they'll quote me back my book, which is always kind of funny. Um, but <laughs> it thinking, is. Wow, a great that's thing to brilliant. Do. Who wrote yeah, that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things, one of the reasons that people talked about it from a business development perspective of writing a book is that people don't like to throw away books. And so you'll get a book and you feel bad throwing it away. So people will just throw it on a shelf. And then one day, you know, the theory is that like someone's like, you know, they need a divorce attorney, whether for themselves or a friend. And they're like, wait, I know there's something around here as opposed to a business card, which someone's going to toss out. So, and then they'll find the book and then hopefully fall. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm glad to hear it's working for you and getting published by Simon and Schuster. That is uh, a big differentiator versus self-publishing a book too. Um, there's a whole nother podcast we can do on how you got that book deal and, and, and made it happen. But you've also done YouTube podcasts, TV, you've been quoted in articles and you've taught at law school. All of those things have business development implications. And so over the course of your career, what have you found to be the most effective business development tactics for you? So I think that, you know, really what it comes down to is much more just plain old good fashioned networking. I think, you know, which doesn't show up on a website, but I do a lot of networking. Um, I do a lot of meetings. I'm very into putting the right people connecting. Um, you know, and I say when I first started, when I say started networking, when I first started taking it very seriously, it was probably about 10 years ago. And I used to call it work dating, where basically, <laughs> you know, you would basically go on a date, and you'd meet people and you decide, you know, if you were thought it was someone you were going to work with. But I dated a lot of people in the beginning. I pretty much said no to no one. Anyone that wanted to go and meet, I would meet. As I've gotten you know, further in my career, I probably don't do that all the time now. But I think that just one-on-one -on -one meetings, which, you know, again, a little challenging in the COVID environment, but I do think that those are really the best way to get yourself out there. And matrimonial is an interesting thing to network because, first of all, everyone finds our stories interesting. And, yeah. you know, and for, and for many people where, you know, people want to network with us because they see us as a liquidity event. So you have, you know, accountants, you know, we touch so many different areas. We have accountants, we have, you know, trust and estate attorneys, because everyone's going to need a new will. We have financial advisors, they love to come talk to us because again, liquidity event, and we're a trusted advisor. So you get a lot of people that come to us and say, I want to talk to you. Um, and that obviously helps in my networking as well, because not everybody knows a matrimonial attorney. And so, especially because we do prenups too. So prenuptial agreements are a big thing that you get trust and estate attorneys that will refer to you and financial advisors. So. I really, you know, when you talk about what works, I think that works. The other thing that I think is really helpful is, you know, I do think 
you know, doing any kind of media, you know, television, any kind of, um, you know, writing, I think that helps too, because for the TV, especially because anytime you have videos of any type, you know, people will watch them. And if they're on your website, they just get a sense of you. And I think that's an important thing when people are making decisions, if they want to work with you. I, I am so happy that you threw out networking and relationship building as your number one, because all these things are terrific and it's wonderful to have them available out there on the internet and in other forms of media. But at the end of the day, for most successful attorneys, their business is built on the relationships that they've built. And so I'm really happy to hear about that. Are there organizations uh, that you've done that have really boosted your networking efforts or has it been more just finding you know individual people? So I've never done like the full structured, structured, like I've never done the BNI or any of those type of things. I mean, I went to one meeting and, you know, while I think it was great and I actually give people a lot of credit for doing it, it wasn't necessarily a great fit for me. Um, And that's really one of the only ones I did that was probably more in the structured environment. I have had a lot of groups, like for an example, I'm part of a lot of managing partner groups. I said, I'm part of, you know, certain women's groups. I'm a part of business owners groups. Like I basically kind of find the things that are interesting to me and form groups around them. Um, And I find that that helps because when people enjoy being where they are, that it creates a good environment. Um, You know, and I do, I have a, I do do a lot of women networking, a lot of female networking, but not all, you know, at one point I was part of a high net worth group. You know, it's like, you just find a commonality and that usually will breed uh, networking. So find groups that you're interested in, find groups that you enjoy and do those things. Yes. That would be my advice. (laughs) Great. Um, What is your perspective on the bar association? So I am part of certain, you know, bar associates. I think it's important to be involved to some degree. I mean, you can make impact and obviously you're dealing with people, you know, I I don't network as much in the structured environment outside of, I guess, some of the bar associations, if you consider that networking, but I, I really usually work with people that are more referral sources, such as people outside of my industry. Um, That said, I enjoy the bar associates things where I am, I'm on a matrimonial committee and I like that because it's also nice to bounce things around with people that, you know, speak the same language as you do. So, I mean, they're less interested in the stories because they all have their own. But as a whole, it's nice to be able to kind of blend and talk about things that, you know, we all understand or, you know, even to talk about war stories of like, I can't believe this happened. Oh, that happened to me with this judge or whatever it is. (laughs) So that's nice, too. So at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that we were going to talk about law firm growth later on. And that's where we're getting to right now. So I know you have really grown your firm in your 10 years managing partner. And I expect you might have more growth plans ahead. So tell me a little bit about how you've managed to grow your firm and what are your aspirations for the future? So we've been really fortunate. I mean, again, when I interview people, one of the first things I look at, I mean, obviously I want to make sure you know what you're doing and you're a good person, but I think what I want to go to lunch with you. To me, that's one of the biggest criteria because I want to be able to create, again, it all feeds into the culture. You could have the greatest book in the world, but if you're not going to fit into my culture, like that's not going to work. And, you know, I always say like, no one yells at my associates ever or any of my staff, like no one gets no yelling. There's no yelling in my office. It's a happy place. You know, no yelling. I'm a big, no yelling policy. Um, And I can say like, you know, in 20 years, I've never been yelled at. And I can honestly say that I don't think anyone in my office has ever been yelled at. Um, So when I think about, so when you talk about growth, I really think for me, it's about finding the right people. I've been really fortunate in finding the right people. What happens a lot, you know, matrimonial is a little bit of a hard um, field to break into because it's small by nature. We're actually one of the larger matrimonial firms um, in in New York City. And considering we're only 17 attorneys, that seems kind of crazy to say we're a large firm, but we are. Uh, And so basically it's a hard field to break into because it's a lot of solos, as I said. So what happens is you get a lot of people that 
have are maybe in different practice areas and say, I really just want to have the experience. So I've gotten a lot of people that have come in as interns, even if they're, you know, right now we're actually, we have hired somebody who was five years out. He was doing real estate, but he really wanted to do matrimonial. He came in as a, practically a first year because we have to teach him everything. And so sometimes I've had people come in and they've wanted to intern. I say, great. And I say, listen, I'm not looking to hire. Well, you can be an intern, but I'm not looking to hire. And then they become invaluable and then I hire them. And that's kind of what's happened a bunch of times. <laughs> and I have to create creating offices and things like that. So we've been fortunate. And, you know, the, what's happening also with associates is that, you know, I say a lot, you know, I get a lot of people that call me from you know, different law firms and they'll say, you know, I mean, not law firms, law schools, and they'll say, you know, can I just, can we just meet? I want to hear about, you know, how you built your practice or whatever, you know, those kind of, and I have these meet and greets. And one of the pieces of advice I give to these people often is you should not call necessarily the managing partner. You should be calling the senior associates because they're the ones who know if we have to grow. And I say all the time with my senior associates, I say, you tell me if we have to hire, like we just hired actually in COVID, we've hired three people, but it's all because my associates said we need help. And we, and so I say, okay, well, they're the ones who know, because, you know, there's, there is element of some sort of hierarchy where, you know, I only work with certain people and, and they train. And so everybody trains each other. And so that's really worked for us um, as a growth. And, and I'm really pleased with the way our firm is working. What I really took away from that, uh, Jacqueline, is law firm growth for you has been much less about marketing and business development and much more about hiring the right people and building that amazing team. And that's how the best law firms grow. It's through talent, not through marketing. Oh, I absolutely think that's true. You know, and it's, you know, and as you grow a good team, then you're going to get more clients. And then when you get more clients, you need to hire more people. So it like, you know, that all kind of feeds on each other. You know, and one of the things we were talking about with growth is that we are looking to open another office. Um, we're talking about opening one in Long Island. And what ends up happening, like with what we did in Westchester, is that you, at least what I'm finding is that you have to hire insiders. You know, when you're basically in a situation, you know, I'm not, I say, I'm not cocky enough to think I can go into a court where I've never seen a judge before and just be like, I'm here. And they're going to say, who are you? I haven't known you since sixth grade, so I don't know anything about you. And sometimes in these outer suburbs, people have known each other for a long time. There's, you know, and it's in the New York City bar, we all sort of know each other. I think that that happens in whatever bar you're in, people develop communities. And so one of the things I look to do is to find the right community and, you know, to basically hire people and bring people into my firm. Like we have a very good infrastructure. And so sometimes smaller firms might want to be part of a bigger matrimonial firm, but they don't want to run their office anymore. And so I say, listen, I'm, we're a plug and play. Like I'm going to run your life for you. You're going to practice law and we're going to figure it out and you're going to be part of our culture. And, you know, you'll have access to my associates, you know, we'll, we'll run everything for you. And a lot of people are interested in that because, you know, going back to what we were saying originally, a lot of lawyers are not great business people and they don't want to run a business. They just want to practice law. And so for people like that, we're perfect because I do want to run a business. So I yeah. will run your business and you can practice <laughs> law. <laughs> that's a great fit, right? Let people do what it is that they want to do. And that's why I wrote my book on hiring staffing up is because I very quickly realized as I'm help, helping law firms grow the easy part is the marketing and the business development. The hard part is finding the right attorneys and building up that team over time. And if you don't have those people in place, you can be doing the best marketing and business development in the world. It's not going to get you any farther because you'll max out. So you have to always be increasing yeah. capacity by adding quality people. What advice would you give to uh, other partners, managing partners who are interested in growing their firms? So I think kind of what you had just said, actually, I really do think it's all about the team. I think that when you want to grow, you need to, you know, because as again, to totally echo exactly what you just said is that you could market people, but 
you know, if you market and you bring people in, but you can't fulfill it because you don't have the right team in place, then that really doesn't do anything. And it can destroy your reputation. You know, so I think that's a really important thing. So when you talk about growth, I think it's all about, again, finding the right people. I'm a big believer in if you build it, it will come. And so, and I find that a lot, you know, every time that I think that we hire someone, I'm like, oh, they're not going to be busy. They're going to be, you know, they always end up busy. Like right now we're probably busier than we've been. And I was a little panicked at the fact that we just hired three new people. Um, So I think, again, I think it's building it. I think when you're looking to bring in laterals or looking to build, you know, like we, you know, I I joke about being like someone who goes and eats other firms. Like I want to bring in (laughs) other firms um, or other smaller firms that want us to do something. So you have to find the right puzzle piece that fits. But if you are looking to grow and you're looking to bring people in that are, you know, that are rainmakers, for an example, you know, there's all sorts of, I mean, we have a million different creative formulas on how you can financially make it work. But I think it's very important, again, finding the right people, finding people that are going to fit your niche. If you need a rainmaker, then find someone who's a rainmaker. If you need somebody who's going to be a worker bee, find someone who's a worker bee. Don't think that you're necessarily going to change. It's almost like marriage. Like, don't think you're going to change someone. (laughs) Find where their strengths are and make sure it's a right match. Um, and I think that's really the important part. So growing your business is being smart about the people you find. Ah, love that. Love that. Thank you, Jacqueline. So as you look ahead, what excites you about uh, Berkman, Botcher, Newman and Shine in the future? So I think the idea of growing is exciting to me. Um, even though, you know, part of somebody asked me the other day, like, well, how big do you want to get? And I said, you know, again, it's so much about the right people, but if I find the right people, there's no stopping, you know, it's all about if I can find the right people and sit and say, I could have lunch with every little box on the screen, which is how I feel right now in the Zoom world, um, then I think that's great. So I think the things that excite me is, again, just to see like what's going to happen. I mean, I'm all about creativity. I'm all about business creativity. And to think what the next great idea is going to be, that's exciting. So we'll see. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all this terrific insight and advice and wisdom. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? I would say probably my website, which is www.berkbot.com. Thank you very much. And everyone, that is Jacqueline Newman, managing partner of Berkman, Botcher, Newman, and Shine, outstanding matrimonial lawyers in Manhattan. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.